Goku decided to show. Sorry, I'm late. A wizard is never late. You're a slacker. You are causing a major disturbance on my time. If I don't leave now, I'll be late for being early. You're late. I generally come in at least 15 minutes late. If you ain't first, you're last. Now the early show, later, with Karis and Jeremy from 1027 The Peak. Nobody knows what episode this is. 144, 143, 142. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure it's 144. 144. It's 144. Fart cast. What are we calling this one? <laughs> Fart jokes. Fart jokes. Yeah. Checking the levels. Levels, levels. Check, levels check, feel check. real one, good. One, two, one, two. Good, good. This is the early show later with Karis and Jeremy. What's up? 144. Fart jokes. We're going to talk about it. A lot of history there. A lot of history with the fart joke. There really is. Timeless classics. Fart and jokes. You know, if you could say, just without even knowing the history of fart jokes, that fart jokes are timeless. And it turns out they are. You would be correct in making that yeah. Um, statement. Yeah. So there you go. Be bold. Next time someone's like, fart jokes suck. But like, actually, timeless humor, idiot. Exactly. Fall, you know nothing. And you know what? My kid, when he was about six, I think, he told me once, he said, very matter-of-factly, he said, Mom, I live for farts. Funny. End of story. That's it. That was all. He was just like, <laughs> live I live for farts. I live for him. That's it. That's why I'm here, mom. Let's get that. It's because early farts show are. T-shirt. <laughs> I live for farts. farts. I live for him. The early show with Gary and Jeremy. <laughs> okay, we got that going. What else we got going on today? Uh, 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 we're also talking about, about uh, the difference between cherry blossoms and plum blossoms here in Metro Vancouver. Tis the season. Tis the season for the cherry and the plum blossoms. And a lot of people just think, oh, cherry blossoms. You know, there's the Cherry Blossom Festival. And there's a lot of talk of cherry blossoms. But they're not all cherry trees. There are a lot of plum blossoms that look very similar to cherry trees. And in a lot of cases are mistaken for cherry tree blossoms. And actually, it's a different tree. And so we are learning and growing. Horticulturally, we're... uh, giving you some tips on the differences between cherry and plum blossoms. So when you're out there, you can impress your friends and be like, no, that's actually a plum tree. Yes, impress your friends and strike fear into your enemies with your knowledge of plums and cherries. That's right. You, and, you know, you're, just, you're saving people like me who just post a picture of a tree blossoming. I'm like, oh, a cherry tree. And then some idiot is like, no. Actually, Jeremy. Actually, in the comments. And then I'm then I'm wrong. I'm stupid. And they think I'm stupid. and they may, So we're trying to save that for you. Yeah, we don't uh, want that to happen. We're starting too. talking about the Jutra family piano. That's right. Ah, nice classic alternative from Breeders doing a song called Cannonball. It's showing up on 1027 The Peak. Good morning, you guys. You're listening to the early show. Karis was talking about. Um, uh, you know, trying to learn the music from the 90s movie, The Piano. You've always kind of worked on it, I guess. Yeah. Kind of over the years. Well, I love the film. Yeah. When, you know, when it came out, I went and saw it in theaters. And then I thought it was so cool. went to New Zealand. And then I w- ended up late, years later, I went to New Zealand. And uh, yeah, so I've always loved the piano, the film. And then I also loved the music that was part of it. And I play piano and so i wanted to learn how to play the music from the piano and i just for some reason it's just the 
the fingering the, the, just trips me up. My fingers stumble on themselves when I try and play some of those pieces. It's a challenging one. It, yeah. Because I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know, man. It sounds like piano to me. Like, you don't know. Your left hand's doing this. Your, your right, right hand's, hand's doing, doing this. And they're, they're not. They're not of time. They're and, not lining up all the time. And that makes it more challenging. That is good. Okay. So, but you guys, you have a piano. Yes. In the East Van Homestead. Yes. An ancient piano. Yeah. Now, I married into this piano. Uh, it's in my husband's family. It's like kind of a family heirloom piano. It's been passed down through the generations in his family. And somehow your husband, Danny, now is the caretaker of this legendary family piano. Yes. The two of us together because he knows how to play the piano as well. Yeah. And so that's why it was offered to us as the next generation to be caretakers of this piano. Like, would you like the piano? Both of you know how to play. Both of you enjoy playing. Would you like the piano? Where did the piano come from? The piano came from Winnipeg. Well, I mean, originally, where was it made? I'm not Who sure. Made knows? Probably England, I guess. Maybe. At the piano factory. At the piano factory, wherever it was made. But it first got into my husband's family in Winnipeg when his great-grandfather was living in an apartment building in the French area of Winnipeg. I forget what that's called. Boniface or something like that. Yeah. Anyway. Portage de Maine. It's all Portage de Maine. Yeah. So there's a French area Probably of Winnipeg. That. So his great-grandfather lived in an apartment with a couple buddies. And they wanted to have a way to have parties at their apartment. And so they pooled all their money together. So they didn't get one of those Bose uh, wireless speakers? No, those were not available at the time. Okay. So their option was to pool all their money together and buy a piano. The group of bros would do. That's right. Bros smashing on the keys, making some music, having some good times in their apartment. I'm just thinking like 1900s Winnipeg <laughs> yep. kitchen party. You got to have someone in the corner. Like, you want to hear the hits? You know, somebody's got to play them. You want the ladies to come over and move a little bit? Jamming out the piano in the corner. That's exactly it. So that's what they're doing. Now, in this same apartment building, there moved in a family with a daughter who was a concert pianist or, you know, really knew how to play the piano very well. But they had just moved from France and they could not bring their piano with them. So they came pianoless to Winnipeg, moved into the same apartment building. This young woman hears the piano downstairs and the frivolity and all of the fun. And one day gets up the courage to go knock on the door and say, hi, um, I know how to play the piano and I just moved here and I don't have a piano to play. And would I be able to just sometimes like play your piano because I love playing piano and I don't have one. And my husband, Danny's great grandfather said, um, absolutely. It's like 100% why we bought it. (laughs) Exactly. Come on in. What? Here it is. Sure. (laughs) Sure. Come make yourself comfortable and play the piano, please. So they ended up falling in love. As happens. And had some babies. And then that piano got passed down to Danny's grandfather. And he learned how to play and he played and he loves music and singing and la la la. Then it got passed to uh, his dad. His dad loves to play music and sing and have parties and 
have a good time. And so now it's been passed on to us. And it made its way across the country. It went from Winnipeg to Saskatchewan. And now it's in Vancouver. So it's been moving west. It's in the East Van Homestead now. Yeah, exactly. Giant old Winnipeg uh, piano. 19 Dickities, 100 made in wherever piano. (laughs) (laughs) So I like, how do you get it into the house at this point, right? Oh, God. How did we get it into our tiny little cottage of a house? You have to like cut a hole in the wall, like the Roxy style, just Kool Aid Man, and smash it through and then rebuild a wall around it? That's almost what I thought might have to happen (laughs) because one of the challenges of. Finding a house was finding a house that we could get this piano into because it's like, okay, we come and the piano comes with us. Well, you know, what kind of a house can we find to put this? And so we bought this 110 year old house that had a bunch of rotten stairs (laughs) and tiny little doorways and little like nooks and crannies. And on moving day, my heart was in my throat because I'm like, (laughs) we're moving into this house today and we find out today if we can get this piano into the house. And if we can't get it into the house, I don't know what we're going to do. We're going to have to like build a shed out back and put the piano in the shed because, you know, like it's coming with us. A piano hut. It will be have to be people have those. So so moving a piano at the best of times is not an easy thing to do. But when you're trying to move uh, an ancient piano up an ancient set of rotten stairs, uh, it just beca- it's like next level hard. So is it the worst thing to move is the piano? Oh, yeah, for sure. For oh, sure. For sure. Like worst need- thing. There's just not enough pizza and beer for all of Danny's buds to move that thing. Like <laughs> no, if, exactly. If I get a text from Danny, it's like, yeah, I said no. Like, I'll skip that one. <laughs> and we, and we, a couple things ended up flying off the walls. Like, we lost a light switch because of the piano, shoving it through a narrow space. It was like, <laughs> oh, that light switch is gone. But we did manage to get it in, thankfully. But yeah, it was, it was not a good time. So we will say this then on Debate Club today. What is the most annoying thing to move? Piano. <laughs> yeah, for me, I, I'd say piano for sure. Uh, what about a bed up tiny stairs? I, you know what? That happened. I remember another, I lived in another really old house and trying to get the bed up a corner staircase. It was impossible. We're like bending it. Like the bed doesn't bend, but it has to bend or else we don't have a bed. Right. That's so The mattress bends. The The mattress bends, but then the rest of the bed doesn't bend. You're like, no, that doesn't work. Okay. What about a couch with a pullout bed? Those things weigh 5,000 pounds. Those things are heavier than most trucks. Yeah, you look at it and you're like, oh, it just take two dudes to do that, but no. And then what about just fragile items in general? Fragile items are so annoying to move because you have to wrap all of them. Or you have they to wrap break. A- and if and when they break, usually fragile items are like, you know, heirlooms too, like irreplaceable. Yeah. Or expensive or both. So you're just like, okay, well, that's the worst. That'll be our debate club today. What is the most annoying thing to move? 281027. We'll have the uh, poll up for you on our Twitter at the peak. Beginning comes from some other beginnings. Semisonic closing time on 1027 The Peak. Good morning. You're listening to The Early Show with Carrots and Cherries. 706. And if you're getting your cherry blossom on. Man, that transition's so pro. Mm, right? That's why you do morning radio. <laughs> 
Uh, if you're getting your cherry blossom on right now because they are blooming, the popcorn pink is out there and it's starting to be really, really special. I took a picture of the cherry blossoms one time and someone was like, those aren't cherries. Yeah, right? You like, should you should well, know. Why do we call them cherry blossoms? <laughs> you should know that they're not always cherry blossoms. What? Sometimes they are plum blossoms. Lies. No, facts. Lies. Facts, Jeremy. And this is straight from, and I mean, I knew this already, but I'm getting this information off the Vancouver Cherry Blossom Festival site. All right. So, I mean, this is... Where Maybe they know a few things. I think they know what they're talking about. But there are uh, plum trees that are blooming right now and cherry trees. And they and there are almost as many plum, I feel like, around the city than there are as there are cherry. Like okay. there are lots. There are 12,000 plum blossoms in Vancouver. How are you going to keep me from appearing like an idiot on Instagram? Though you can't, I mean, appearing like an idiot on Instagram is part of my brand. But when posting my flowering tree picture... I don't want to have a bunch of people in the comments coming at me, knives out, being like, fake news. That's a plum. How do I know? The main characteristics of plum blossoms are they're fragrant. They smell good. So if you're standing Better underneath- Better than cherry? Cherry almost doesn't have any smell. What? Yeah. So if you're near a flowering cherry tree, there won't be much of a scent. Right. If you're standing underneath a flowering plum tree- It'll smell good. You'll okay. get like a little of like, ooh, flowers. Okay. That'll happen. I like that. Um, the other thing is the petals. When you look at the petals, there's no split at the end of the plum petal. The plum petal is just a nice little oval. The cherry petal has a little like in the middle of the petal. It kind of has a little split, like, like a, a little, little notch. Like yeah, a little notch. Exactly. Speed hole. All right. Totally. Uh, those are those are two main differences, and then and then you can go into the bark. You know, the cherry tree bark has little horizontal lines in it, and the plum bark is more just darker and doesn't have any sort of horizontal lineage, and that's a way you can tell as well. Um, and they're also, I find generally plum blossoms tend to be a little bit more on the pink side. They also have more purple leaves. Purple leaves are plum trees. Okay. And more greeny leaves, once they start to come out, are the cherries. And, and then, the cherry blossoms are a little bit on the lighter pink side. And then when, when one tree actually has plums on it, you're like, oh, that's a plum tree. <laughs> oh, I see now. I get it. <laughs> I get it. Later in the summer, that song is called Bright Side, and it is on 1027 The Peak. Good morning, you guys. Good morning. You're listening to The Early Show with Karis and Jeremy. Carrots and cherries. I was reading an article, a BBC article about comedy. And, uh, you know, interesting how lately we've been talking about cancel culture with regards to comedy and how this is, uh, you know, maybe a new idea that stand-up comedians are being canceled for things that they're saying. But it's interesting, as I was reading this article, uh, people who look into this kind of thing, look into comedy over the ages, they say it's not really that new. Oh, in the 50s, you know? they'd get arrested. So. Yeah, exactly. Like, the idea that comedians are both celebrated but then vilified. is yes. Yeah, I mean, that's been happening forever Since it's forever. just you know how we're doing it is slightly different because now we have twitter yeah uh, but the idea of being upset with something that a comedian says is not a new thing 
Um, and I was, and part of this article was the apparently the oldest recorded joke is from the Bronze Age Sumeria, which is an early Mesopotamian civilization dating 3300 to 1200 BCE. Wow. So that's a, quite a while ago. Um, and uh, and apparently the joke goes, what has never happened since time immemorial? A young wife has not farted on her husband's lap. <laughs> that's the <laughs> oldest recorded joke. So the oldest recorded joke it's is about head. farts. It's, it's farts. Like that's apparently... Uh, according to a professor of cultural studies from the University of Helsinki, flatulence is timeless. Like it goes back forever and ever because it shows our uncontrollable physicality. And uh, and this professor, Anu Koronen, says that the role of farts in early jokes was to represent our shared humanity and the equality of people. Flatulence affects everyone. No one can help it. Mm. So... Really, I mean, I saw a tweet recently just about the magic of fart jokes, and it's true. They are timeless. And I think, you know, it's something that brings us all together and really across eras as well. You know, if people in (laughs) 3300 BCE are joking about farts. I mean, think about how long into the future, you know, depending on how long humanity lasts. But right up until the end, there will be fart jokes and we will all love them. Is that going to do it for a podcast today? Yep. Until the end of time, fart jokes, Jeremy. All-time classics. They crushed it at the Mesopotamian Sumerian comedy clubs, and they yep. still do today. And they still do. I mean, I, I have yet, I mean, I'm sure there's been a stand-up comedian who's told a fart joke that has been offensive and people have been mad about it. Uh, you know, I'm sure that's possible. But I think the likelihood is pretty low. Yeah, and even now, if someone's like, oh, fart joke, and they groan and they roll their eyes, I'm like, you uncultured swine. Exactly. You know, you don't care about history? Exactly. What, you know, what What do you think? I'm here to just reinvent the wheel? Yeah, Mesopotamians mean nothing to you? Come on now. Come on. All right, well, that'll do it today. We'll do this podcast again tomorrow. You can always hit us uh, on the internet. Tell us your best fart joke. At Karis Hogg, C-H-A-R-I-S-H-O-G-G on Twitter. I'm at Jeremy underscore Baker on Twitter. But if you want to find me on Instagram, then then you take out the uh, underscore and you put the Jeremy Baker together. Weird. Weird. Uh, for for was... me, it's uh, Karis, C-H-A-R-I-S Hogg, H-O-G-G on Instagram or Twitter. Yeah, you're lucky. I wish I'd done that. Or I wish I would have just gotten Jeremy underscore Baker on Instagram. You know, I should have. Done that somehow. Or should I got if the it same? was available. I mean, my name, I think, is less common yeah. than yours, probably. I think I was overall. earlier on Instagram, but I was later to to Twitter. So my uh, name was already taken on Twitter. Then I go to Instagram. Jeremy Baker is available. Uh, you know, whatever. Yeah. Hindsight 2020, I would have done things so differently. <laughs> okay, bye. You're locked in now. Okay, <laughs> yeah. bye. See ya.